Could you connect with the lyrics of that song? Come all you unfaithful, weak and unstable, barren and waiting, weary of praying, bitter and broken with fears unspoken. I know I've felt like that. I know I've been there. (laughs) Sometimes you find yourself up in the middle of the night, right? Um, Struggling to sleep as, as you wonder what exactly went wrong. The truth is we've all had our own midnight, right? The absence of light and an abundance of blight. Alone at midnight, alone in the dark, alone with the silence, finding the only company we have is a, a, di- a deep sense of failure and a insecurity. Our own time in the dark, fighting through the fog, our, our arms swinging, our, our hands grasping for the air. Feeling lost in the dark, yet we continue to search. Feeling like everyone else is basking in some form of light. Uh, How can we make our way into that light in the midst of our very own midnight? Uh, What can brighten a path to lead us out, to lead us home? Something to brighten our surroundings, bringing us out of the dark, leading us to something so much more. In the book of Luke We find a group of young men, these young men, they were considered to be outcasts, dishonorable, the lowest of the low. And this particular day, we can imagine the men walking the streets of the city of Jerusalem. As as they walked down the streets in the city of Jerusalem, when other people saw these young men coming, they would cross to the other side. They wanted nothing to do with these men. Uh, when the men were shopping for supplies, people would look, glare at them with a furled brow and a look of disgust. As these men, they, they put together all the money that they had in hopes to buy some food, the, the shopkeeper, would, he, he, would, he would whisper insults towards them under his breath. And we can imagine as these men walked down that street in the city of Jerusalem, as they passed by the church, by the temple, the religious leaders would come out and fold their arms and stand in front of the entrance, ensuring that these men knew that they were not welcome, that they did not belong there, and to keep moving. Now, these men, they were not oblivious to the way people viewed them or treated them. They they were filled with hurt as a result. They felt insignificant. They felt isolated and lonely. They, They felt like because of their failures and mistakes in life, they were now cursed to be treated this way. Looked down on, viewed as filth by others, rejected by the church, though they yearned so badly to be close to God. They, they wanted so badly to hear the teaching of the scriptures. At this point, they make their way out of the city. Can you see them? Weighed down by their failure, feeling unloved, feeling un. Welcome, unwanted, forced to live in isolation. Can you see one of the men maybe stop and turn around and stare at the church, the temple? A flood of memories come back into his mind as a, as a kid, how he used to visit there with his family, how much happiness he used to feel there, but, but now he's so much older. And because of mistakes he's made in life and his current profession, he was no longer welcome there feeling as though that he would never feel that happiness again. So with a deep sigh and a pain in his heart, he he turns and continues to leave the city. 
these young men, they, they make their way to a nearby town called Bethlehem. Have you heard of it? This little town of Bethlehem, it was packed full that specific day. It seemed like there was tons of people visiting from out of town because of the, the census that Caesar Augustus had ordered. But these men, they walked along the outskirts of the town. They, they made their way to a nearby grain field. This is where they had been living. As they got close, closer to this field, they, they uh, saw their campsite. They saw the rest of their co-workers. They, they began to hear the sounds of sheep in the distance. You see, you see these young men, these outcasts, they were shepherds. Uh, they were responsible for tending to the sheep occupying this field near Bethlehem. The, the shepherd, these, these outcasts, these dishonorable men, they had to stay day and night with these sheep. During this time, some of the sheep, they would go into labor. So the shepherds, they would aid with the delivering of the, the newborn lambs. And they would do whatever they had to do to keep them safe. This was not a highly sought after profession. So most who took this job on, they did it because they had absolutely no other choice. Uh, people who had made mistakes or wrong choices in life because of their failures now forced to live, with this, live this life that no one else wanted. You can imagine how much that weighed them down. And now this day coming to an end, uh, the ridicule and, and shame they felt from being in Jerusalem still fresh in their minds. The, the shepherds, they sit listening to the sounds of sheep the sun is setting in the distance beyond the hills and they analyze each sound that they hear listening for the sound of a, a sheep going into distress or going into labor. And now eventually the, the sun has completely set and they are surrounded in darkness. And they see some light coming from that nearby town, Bethlehem, but, but it's far off. So uh, they are engulfed in the night. And you can imagine as they sit alone in the dark throughout that night, feeling the sting of the brand that they had been given, the brand of insignificance, the brand of loneliness, the brand of, of shame. They sit surrounded by the dark in the midst of their very own midnight, faced with the failures of their past that has led them to this point. I'm sure they would sit wondering when the dark night would end. When would they get to see a light? When would they feel warmth? When would they feel hope and happiness again? Yearning to let go of those failures that they've been forced to carry with them. As they stare off into the void of night, as their eyes begin to slowly shut, they yearn for some form of light to bring them out of their very own midnight. And these outcast shepherds, they had no idea what they were about to encounter. A new light was about to dawn. A new hope was on the horizon. My freshman year of college, it, it, I was nearing the end of my very first semester I remember the joy and happiness all around the campus because Christmas break, it was right around the corner. Uh, people were finishing finals, celebrating uh, while they looked forward to that much needed break. I remember sitting in my dorm room though, the, the sounds of laughter and, and excitement, it, it filled the hallways outside my door. Someone was singing Jingle Bells, Batman Smells over and over at the top of his lungs. His voice sounding more like a dying cat than an angelic being. Uh, usually uh, such a observation or such a sound would, would make me laugh, maybe even lead me to joining in on the chorus, but I did not feel like singing much that night. 
I was pretty sure that I had just failed one of my finals, which most likely meant I was gonna fail the class. So celebration, it was not on my agenda for the evening. My, my to-do list uh, seemed more like the Grinch's. You remember the Grinch's schedule in the Jim Carrey version of the classic? Here's what it was. Four o'clock, wallow in self-pity. 4.30, stare into the abyss. 5 o'clock, solve world hunger, tell no one. 5.30, jazzercise. 6.30, dinner with me, I can't cancel that again. 7 o'clock, wrestle with my self-loathing. I'm booked. Of course, if I bumped the loathing to 9 o'clock, I could still be done in time to lay in bed, stare at the ceiling, and slip slowly into madness wallow in self-pity and, and self-loathing. They were high on my list that night. To be honest, I, I felt like a failure. I had been trying all semester to do well. I did not get good grades in high school nor in middle school or elementary for that matter. So I, I felt like college was my, my chance to finally make my parents proud of me for some academic achievement. But as I stared at that ceiling slipping into madness, I, I was so fearful of the look of disgust and shame that would be on their faces when they heard that I failed a class. That evening, now late into the night, I was tired of hearing the laughter, tired of hearing the excitement, tired of hearing the dying cat renditions of satirical Christmas carols. Be a cool band name. Um, so I, I, grabbed, I grabbed my coat, and made my way out into the cold night air. I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. I, I just wandered around, walking around campus aimlessly, trying to come up with an excuse for why I failed, trying to make it make sense in my head, trying to think of what exactly I was gonna tell my, my parents. Though it was late, it seemed like everyone was still awake in the dorms. In each building I passed, contained lights and sounds of celebration, but my ears and my face began to hurt from the cold. I wanted to go inside and get warm, but I did not want to go back to the dorm. I attended a Christian college, so on campus we had a large chapel building, like a large church building. I knew at that time of night it would be completely empty, but it would also be locked up. But I knew of a door that was sometimes left unlocked, uh, we would often use that door to sneak into the chapel in the middle of the night and, and play laser tag, which is probably why I failed my class. Um, but I, I headed for the chapel. I headed for that door. I, I checked the door and it was unlocked. So I went into the chapel. I remember walking down the darkened hallways, making my way to the stairwell. I, I climbed those dark stairs and I headed out onto the balcony that overlooked the chapel sanctuary. I would sit in that balcony every chapel service. So I went and I sat in the seat that I sat in so many times that semester. I, and I just stared into the dark, stared down at where I knew the stage was. Every year, the college would have this production called Christmas in the chapel. And it was a big deal. People would come out of town to see it. So the chapel was decorated uh, the stage had Christmas trees and all these beautiful uh, arrangements, but uh, I sat examining how lifeless and how joyless the trees seemed in the dark. The lack of light changing what usually looks so beautiful to looking now eerie and strange. Uh, there alone in the dark, my very own midnight, I, uh, I, myself feeling as lifeless and joyless 
as those unlit Christmas trees, feeling weighed down by my failures, feeling broken and full of fear, feeling bitter at the very thought of myself, wishing so badly I could be off celebrating with my friends. In that moment, I I yearned for a light. In that moment, I yearned for some form of, of warmth or hope. As I sat there, surrounded by the dark, staring into the darkness, all of a sudden, I I heard a noise. I started to hear the sound of doors opening and closing. I sat there frozen, absolutely petrified. I did not know what to do. Eventually, I started to hear voices and footsteps. I didn't know, should I run? Should I hide? I just kind of sat there not knowing what to do. And the voices and the footsteps, they just continued to get closer and closer and closer. In, in that dark, desolate field nearby Bethlehem, the, she- the shepherds, they sat surrounded by the dark, surrounded by the sounds of sheep, surrounded by their sense of failure. The midnight that they were experiencing was about to be like nothing they had ever experienced before. Suddenly in the dark, a blazing light shines all around the shepherds, a light so bright that it chases off every inch of darkness. Here's what the Bible says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Now you can imagine these outcast shepherds trying to comprehend exactly what was happening. They're basking in the light. They're basking in the glory of God. They, told, they are told about the birth of the Messiah. Now, Jewish men at that time, in that culture, they would know exactly what the angel was talking about. They all knew about the, the scripture that was written by Isaiah, how he prophesied about this child that was gonna be born, that was gonna be the savior, the Messiah, the, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. And for hundreds of years, people had waited for that child to be born. Uh, For 400 years, in fact, no one had heard from God. For 400 years, no one had even witnessed the glory of God. And here now in these fields, the glory of God blazing as a light all around them, filling the night with a brilliance. After literal centuries of silence, the glory of the Lord had returned, not in the temple, Not to priests or to prophets, but to these outcast, dishonorable shepherds. A miraculous dawn had arrived in the midst of a darkness, making it clear to these shepherds that the story of God would continue through the birth of this child. The angel telling them about good news. The good news will not cause fear or condemnation, but it will bring great joy. Just as the glory of the Lord chased off the darkness, the shepherds should let go of their fear and rest in joy. As this joy, and this joy was going to be not for a select amount of people, this joy would be for everyone. The birth of this child, a hope and a light for everyone. The angel, he continued to explain how this child could be found. He, he explains what the signs would be and signs in that culture were very important. 
because it was a, ver- it was a way for them to verify uh, the truth of what they'd been told by the messenger. Uh, the child would not be born in a palace, but somewhere else. The child would not be um, wrapped in rich clothes, but, but he would be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Not in a palace, but in a trough used to feed animals. And this revealed to the shepherds that this Messiah, though a king, he would be for people like them, the poor and the humble as well. The shepherds listened intently to the angel and then all of the sudden, multiple angels were there and they began to sing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The words sung by the angels proclaimed that peace and goodwill had come to the earth. More good news. Glory was given to God because through this baby lying in a manger, God offered peace to the earth. And this peace was not enforced by power and might, but this peace, it came through humility and service. And then as quickly as they appeared, the, the angels, they were gone. The shepherds, they sat there in the dark, though the light from the glory of God had disappeared and they were once again met with the darkness, it was different. And now there in the dark, they had hope, they had good news. The Savior was born for them. The very same people that others looked down on, the very same people that others avoided, the very same people not allowed to go into the temple, Christ had been born for them. So those outcast shepherds, they made a decision. Here's what the Bible says. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They wanted to see Jesus. They have learned about him. They felt the hope in the light as a result, and they were going to go and find him. I sat in that darkened balcony petrified of the noises I was hearing, what what was about to happen. I had no idea. Um, I sat staring into the dark and and then eventually the lights turn on on the stage. All the Christmas lights, all the trees light up, all the arrangements and and about five students come walking across the stage from backstage. Um, And four of them go and stand in front of a piano like this. And uh, the fifth he goes and he sits at the piano and he begins to play and and they begin to to sing. They did not sing Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. um, But they sang this this beautiful arrangement of Christmas carols uh, like a medley. Uh, But I sat there in that dark balcony, unnoticed as they all sang. I I assumed they were practicing for the Christmas production. I sat basking in the glow of the light, listening to each word that they sang. And then eventually they they finished. Uh, they, They started to walk backstage again, talking and laughing, not a care in the world. Eventually the lights turned off. And I could hear their voices and footsteps growing ever more faint as they got farther and farther away. And and there I was alone again in the dark. I sat there alone as I stared down at the now darkened stage. A smile began to grow across my face. Uh, And there I began to laugh to myself. I had not expected what happened. I did not expect my own private concert in that moment, still in the dark, still faced with the realization that I might have failed a class, I, I still laughed. 
for some reason, I just felt like everything was gonna be okay. If I did fail the class, not the end of the world. And my parents aren't gonna stop loving me. I'd take the class again, I'd do better. I would learn from that mistake. Everything was gonna be fine. Eventually I got up and I made my way out of the chapel. I, I headed back to the dorm, but I was no longer held hostage by my failure, no longer holding on to my midnight. Uh, but the lights and the songs that I had witnessed were still fresh in my mind. And to be honest, I, I wish I could stand here and tell you that it was this some dramatic spiritual moment, uh, but it wasn't. It, it was just a simple sense of hope, a simple light had invaded the darkness that I had allowed to develop around myself. As I embraced that light, step by step, as I followed that light, it led me to peace. And sometimes in the very middle of our very own midnights, when we least expect it, we can experience Jesus. For me, it was the randomness of those students coming in, turning on the lights and singing Christmas songs. Now in that moment, I had a choice though, right? Do I continue to embrace the darkness, refusing the impact of the moment, or do I embrace this random moment? Do I allow the light to shine into my darkness? I had to choose to follow that light. The shepherds, they had a similar choice, right? Would they remain in the darkness of the fields, or would they get up and go and find Jesus? The shepherds, they got up and they went searching for Jesus. They went everywhere until they found him. And the Bible says the shepherds found Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. They found baby Jesus lying in a manger, just like the angel had said. The, the savior they had been waiting for was born. There in the presence of Jesus, they experienced his light. No longer dwelling in their own midnight, but now dwelling in hope, a new hope, a hope in Jesus. And though physically the darkness remained, the light from that hope shined brightly all around them. After experiencing the light of Jesus, it led them to making another choice. Here's what the Bible says. When they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Once those outcast shepherds experienced the hope and the light of Jesus, they chose to share it. And they did. They went around everywhere telling everyone about it, telling what they saw, what they had heard. And everyone was amazed. And then you know what happens next. You know what happens after they share that good news? Those shepherds, those outcast shepherds, they go back to living in the fields. And they go back to their sheep. But now as they returned, they were changed. And now no longer feeling like outcasts, no longer solely focused on their own personal failures, this child, this Messiah had been born for them. The mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the light of the world had been born for them, igniting a light from within them, igniting hope and peace in the midst of whatever darkness they might face. And God, he wants so badly for us to live feeling peace. He wants us to experience that hope and peace in our lives. That's why he sent Jesus. He loves us so much that he sent his one and only son for us to be born for us. His son, a peace offering to the earth, showing us that there is a better way, a way of joy and a way of love. And that joy and love is for everyone who accepts it. God's purpose for Jesus was to be a light in that darkness that darkness that had engulfed the earth. God sent his son to be a lantern leading people to a path out of that darkness. 
And Jesus confirmed it. Here's what he said in the book of John. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness. They will have that light. They will have life. As we face our own midnights, whatever they may be, when we feel like outcasts, broken and bitter, surrounded by failure, as we feel lost in the dark, in the fog, Jesus, he is there with us. Sometimes we choose not to turn to him though, right? Sometimes instead we choose to embrace the pain, to embrace the hurt. But still he remains in the dark with us, ready to meet us in the fog, ready to, uh, just waiting for us to, to notice his light, to see it. The lantern of life leading us to a path out of the dark, ready to ignite hope and peace in our lives. But we have to search for him. We have to follow his light. He should be the first thing we seek. Always faced with the midnight, we should always remind ourselves that Jesus, he is the light. When I was trapped in my own midnight, that's the first thing I should have done. I, I should have prayed. I should have turned to Jesus. Now, obviously, that's not going to change my failure, right? But he will change the way I see the failure. He will change the way I respond to the failure. He will change the way I see myself in the midst of that midnight. The light of Jesus chasing off the darkness, chasing off those damaging thoughts about myself, giving light to those darkened corners in my mind and allowing me to realize that there still is hope. There still is a light. And as the light of Jesus ignites in our very own midnight, as we recognize it and we embrace it, it changes us. And as that light shines, we begin to see God's goodness so much more clearly. And all because of Jesus, the light of the world. And as we begin to see God more clearly, it changes the way we respond to the darkness. As we experience the light of Jesus, our response should be like the shepherds do, to share that light with others, to share the good news. Here's what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify, ooh, baby, your father in heaven. As we turn to Jesus, as he shines a light into our darkness, igniting the light of God that he has placed in our hearts, we can let that light shine through everything we do, everything we say, sharing it with others. And as we do that, we give people a glimpse of Jesus Shining a light onto a path that will lead others to the light of Jesus. Shining a light into a darkness that they are experiencing. And as we shine that light, as we live our lives based on the example of Jesus, as we bask in the warmth, in the light of Jesus, we can be confident that no amount of dark will ever diminish that light. We can be confident that God, the creator of this universe, God, the same God that created us in his image, that same God will fight for us while we are in our midnights. Because here's the truth, that same God, he declared war on the darkness. He declared war on sin and death. That midnight in Bethlehem, amidst the darkness and pain the world had endured, a child was born to be a light to this world. A child was born to represent God's presence among us. A child was born so that one day he could take the punishment that you and I deserve and die on a cross on our behalf. And in that moment, in that moment that Jesus died on the cross, the, the darkness, it had thought that it had won. But three days later, by the power of God, Jesus rose from the dead, declaring that the reign of darkness was done, declaring a new hope and a new light had come. And now today, are you with me? Today, 
today, right now in this room, if you're watching online, wherever you are, in the state line, across this country, across this world, today in the name of Jesus, that darkness will tremble. That darkness will take flight. That darkness will flee as it's met with his great light. So come all you unfaithful. Come all you weak and unstable. Come you barren and waiting and weary of praying. Come those who feel bitter. Come those who feel broken with countless fears unspoken. Come those who feel like they've been kicked out of church, yet you still search. Come those who feel like their story is through. Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, he was born for you, a baby in the manger, God's one son that he gave so that sin and death could be put in the grave. You are no outcast, so let go of your shame. Your heavenly father, he knows you by name. So hold fast onto hope. Do not dismay for the light of Jesus. It shines on you today. Have you seen that light? Have you experienced that light? I see it often through a smile from my wife. I see it often from the laughter of my son David. I see it often from my son Jonathan in his eyes. I see it often from a hug from my parents. I see it often from the kindness of strangers. I see it often in this church. The light of Jesus is all around us. Even when we feel more like the Grinch, right? His light is still there. Even when we feel lost in the dark, his light is still there. We just have to focus our eyes on the right things. Focus our eyes on Jesus and he will light up whatever dark we are facing. And right now as a church, as a family, we get a chance to shine the light of Jesus into someone else's midnight. Often throughout the year, we'll do love offerings. When we do a love offering, people give money. Uh, uh, like our, our, my friends who are serving, you guys can go ahead and set up. Uh, the buckets will be passed. Or if you would like to give online, you can do that way or, or however you want. But all the money that's given will go to a specific thing or things. Uh, this year though, this love offering, all the proceeds or, or whatever is, are, is gonna go to children. We believe here that children and students, they deserve our best effort. Um, so a portion of the money will go to the kids here that come every weekend to Kids Works or to our um, central youth program on Wednesdays. A portion of the money will go to Kids and students who are just in this, this area to the state, in the state line who, who have never been to our church, we believe that they matter too. Uh, another portion of the money will go to the, the orphanage that we support in Haiti. Uh, we want to make sure those kids are fed. We want to make sure those kids are clothed, that, that they know that we love them. Because here's the truth, whatever darkness they are facing we have no idea whatever midnight they feel trapped in we have no idea but we get this chance to shine the light of Jesus into whatever they're going through we get this chance to let these children and these students know that there is more than darkness in this world that there is a hope and there is a light and his name is Jesus So in a moment, the servers will come forward and, and we will give our gifts to uh, 
shine that light into the darkness that children face. But if you've come today and you feel like you're trapped in the midnight, if you've come today and, and you are sick and tired of the darkness that you've faced each day and night in your life and you would like prayer, then a number of us will be down here to pray for you. If you've come today and, and you're ready to bask in the light of Jesus and you would like to surrender your life through baptism, we'll make that happen today too. My dad's not here, so you probably have to settle with me. Um, but if you want to be baptized today, and here's the cool thing, 15 weeks, 15 weeks in a row we've had a baptism here at this church. That is unheard of nowadays. But that just shows you that the light of Jesus is shining in this church and the light of Jesus is alive and well here. And another thing, if, if you're coming to our Christmas Eve service and, and you've had this dream, maybe, I don't know, of being baptized on Christmas Eve and you wanna be baptized on Christmas Eve, then just let us know, call the church, let a pastor know or something and we will set that up for you. Imagine being baptized during the candle lighting or something. Shannon's probably gonna kill me if I say that, but it could be cool. Um, but right now, as, as the servers come, let's, let's center our minds and hearts on Jesus and, and together let's shine a light into the darkness that these children might be facing. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.